Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh Lord, that we would come to you this morning in the best of times, in the worst of times. That we would sing your praises on the mountaintops as well as the valleys. That in our lives we would recognize that the good and the bad will happen. And you are to be praised no matter our position. Lord, we come to you this morning. For some of us, we've had a rough week. This is solace. For some of us, we've had victories in the week. Lord, we come to you in all different places, and yet we bow our heads in worship. We offer thanks to you who is good. Even when there's pain in the offering, maybe more importantly, when there's pain in the offering, Maybe it's in those moments, Lord, we need to come closer. We need to draw near. We need to recognize our humanity and your love for us. Lord, forgive us for those moments in our life when we shrug you off. Oh, we might not say it, but we certainly do act it. Forgive us when we aren't clear about what's most important in life. We talk a good talk, but we don't always walk that walk. Forgive us our trespasses against those we come in contact with. Wash our dirty hands. Remind us to grieve those we have grieved against. Challenge us to live the Christian faith, what you have put in front of us. Lord, as we walk through this Easter season, we're reminded of a sacrifice that was given, a life cut short for us. May we live in that reflection this morning as we look at your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture isn't uh, terribly long this morning, but what it lacks in length, it does not lack in direction. James 
James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Thank you for your word. As raw as it can be, its, it's truth is cleansing, clarifying, cleaning. Thank you for your word. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're a child, you can church. Sarah, you want to church too? Hi, Veronica. Hi. How are you? What'd you do with Kenny? Oh, good job, Kenny. Kenny gets brownie points. I don't ever tell him I said that, okay? Good job, Kenny. Yeah, don't tell him. He'll, his head might get big. <laughs> so we've been talking, well, this is week number three, about talking about uh, from the ashes during this Lenten season. And uh, bonus points for anybody that remembers what we talked about the first week. All right, who doesn't study their notes? What's that? Temptation, right? Sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. How about last week? Humility, thank you. Good job. You guys uh, on this side of the tracks is having problems this morning. I don't, you're going to have to, someone write this down for next week, all right? There's always a quiz. There's going to be a quiz at the end. And whoever wins the quiz this morning, I have, someone gave me some candy. You all didn't get candy today, but I did. And I'm willing to give this candy up. It was old. Is that what you said, Larry? Is this from like 2000? <laughs> this is vintage Kit Kats. <laughs> I have a question for you at the end, or near the end, actually. So today we're going to talk about contemplation, about thinking, about where we stand in life, and, and being honest with ourselves. And so I want to begin with a question. When was the last time you stopped long enough in your life to recognize where you stand? When's the last time you actually stopped? We live in a world that spins ridiculously fast, and I find myself having a hard time. I joke and I laugh about it, but I, I have a hard time sitting in one spot for more than maybe five or ten minutes. Even when I'm watching TV, I'm on my phone, or talking to my wife, or talking to the dogs, or... I have a what's that? The dogs are talking to me. Yeah, yeah. I have I have one dog who sits there and he puts his paw up and he hits me, and he just sits there and looks. I'm like, what do you want, dude? You just ate. You just went out. There's water. I don't know what you want. I wish he would like sign language or something. I don't know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 
When was the last time you stopped? Long enough to think about your life in a real way. You did it when you turned 55? Okay. Which is exactly what, right, which, which is what we need to do, right? Stop and put ourselves in, put our life in perspective. See, I think all too often we have rose-colored glasses, right? We live life with rose-colored glasses. We actually believe in a lot of ways that we're better than we really are. We tend as humans to look past our downside and focus solely on our upside. And when we look at other people, it's always the opposite, is it not? We look at their downside and ignore their upside. I wonder how often we take the time to step back and get honest with ourselves. To get honest about where we're at in life. To get honest about the things that haven't gone well. To grieve the loss of time. We live in a world even now who doesn't want to grieve the loss of life. We do way more, way less funerals these days than we ever have. We might do a memorial service in time. We might not do anything. So let alone are we grieving the loss of life, we don't even want to grieve the loss of time. The loss of uh, plans or hopes and dreams. We don't walk through the things of our life and say, honestly, I could have done this a lot better. And I think when we don't do that, we, we refuse to look at how we really are going through this life and we continue to muddle. See, I think if we would take the time to contemplate where we've been and where we are and where we're going, we would do a way better job of serving God on the where we're going piece. Because when, we're, when we say, well, I've done pretty good, I've done all right here. I wasn't perfect, but I did all right. And then I did okay here. And then I think, well, okay, if I can just, I can just kind of coast this thing out. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to coast it out. It's dangerous to not be honest with ourselves about who we are and who we've been now, I'm not saying we live in that, but I think we have to grieve that. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we have been. We've come into this world, and we've kind of changed the plan. We've kind of not really completely understand what coming into the sanctuary is about. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm going to challenge you as a church to, do it, to begin to do it differently. 
that countdown, it wasn't up there for my, for my sake. It's a nice song, but it wasn't up there for me. That countdown comes on for a reason. Let me challenge you as a church to change your attitude when you walk in the sanctuary. I'm glad you're here to see your friends and your, your families. and all. I, I'm excited about that. But at some point, there needs to be a switch. There's some really powerful lyrics in that song. That's why the song was played this morning. It's a four-minute song in about two and a half to three minutes. There was a lot of noise. If that sounds like I'm chastising you, I'm not. I'm just asking you slash challenging you to get right about why you're in this sanctuary. Some weeks we put up funny ones. Some weeks we put up difficult ones. Some weeks we put up songs that help us contemplate. Let me challenge you as a church to begin and don't forget about why we are here. I put this up for a reason. It says, instead of asking what is wrong with someone who comes to the altar, maybe we need to do and ask ourselves what is right about coming to the altar. Instead of talking behind, why did someone go up there and what are they dealing with and what's the problem, maybe we should be supporting those who come and leave their stuff at the altar. And if it sounds a bit heavy today, it's a heavy passage. James isn't playing Uh, games with what he has to say. In four verses, he unloads a ton. Maybe we should worry less about what someone is doing and maybe we should come alongside and encourage them more. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in church with rose-colored glasses. I don't like it. Life is hard. Life is challenging. At its best, it's difficult. Our hope isn't in coming to church on Sunday morning. Our hope is in eternity with Jesus Christ. Don't sell it short. Let me tell you what James says. Four verses, four points. He says, submit yourself and resist the devil. Submit yourself. I want to share this with you because I found this and I really like it. It says, today, God, I'm going to submit my mind and my eyes and my mouth and my ears and my hands and my feet. Any suggestions how you would submit your feet? Any thoughts? Where you go. Thank you, Sarah. Where you go. How about your hands? We're going to go backwards a little bit, just for fun. How about your hands? How do you submit your hands to God? What's that? How you give. How you give? 
about your ears? This is probably one that maybe gets uh, how we listen, right? Yeah, how we listen. How about our mouth? How we speak, how we share with other people. And our eyes? How do we submit our eyes to God? I think this one's just big. Amen. Are we seeing through Jesus' eyes? How are we looking at others? How about our minds? Our what? Cap taking. Okay. I wonder how often we allow our brains to just wander and ruminate on things that we have nothing we can do with but pray over. And we get stuck. Roundy, 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 round. How about our whole life? How about our purpose in this life? Are you willing to submit those things that you have been given to God and trust that He has a plan that's better than yours? One of the struggles, I think, and, I, and I've used this illustration before, but it, it fits. right? We think submission is a wrestling move. We feel like if I'm going to submit, or if God's going to submit me, or if I have to submit to Him, then I'm going to get choked out. We talk about the, there's a, the scripture in Ephesians about husband and wife, and it's the big issue that a lot of people have with that scripture, right? What does it mean to submit? Do I choke my wife out when she doesn't listen to me? Absolutely not. She probably choked me out. Submission is about where we stand and who's in charge. And the military does a really good job of helping us understand that, right? There's someone above us, and there's a good reason there's someone above us, right? And that person above us is the person we trust with our life. Not because they're going to choke us out if we act up. And that's what submission looks like in our Christian faith. Allowing God to lead because he has it figured out better than we have it figured out. Submit yourself and resist the devil. And then it goes on in uh, Ephesians to submit, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I just wonder how often that happens. If we hear somebody or we hear something we don't like, are we willing to hear them out, or are we going to challenge them from the moment it's spoken? When there's a discussion in our own homes, are we willing to hear out our spouse in love? Or are we jumping to conclusions, getting defensive and jumping right back on it? I'm the man. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. James then goes, he says, come near to God. In verse 8. Come near to God and he will come to close to you. You wouldn't believe how often I hear, well, I don't know where God's at in life. God hasn't moved. 
God hasn't left the building. God is right where you left them. Sometimes I think we know more about where our phone is than where God is. And we feel a whole lot more uncomfortable when we can't find it. Myself included, right? He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But we have to put in some energy, some time, and some effort. And that seems so simple. We, it, it comes up again and again in sermons. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to, to, to dig into Scripture, to be a part of a community, to be transparent. You have to allow yourself to be honest with others as well. You have to be honest with God. I wonder how much and how often we lie to God when we aren't really completely honest about our failures in this world. We honestly believe God doesn't have a clue. Well, we wouldn't say that, right, because that would sound sacrilegious, but the reality is we do not share those things that we're like, oh, well, I took a second look. Well, I won't. God didn't. God probably, you know, he's got a lot of people to deal with, so he probably missed that one. Someone made a mistake on my dinner meal, and I got a Coke for free today. I could make it right, or I could just, just leave it alone. It's their fault anyway. They made a poor decision. Obviously, the waitress couldn't figure it out. It's on her. Let me round up my taxes, or round down my taxes, or take your pick, right? Let me round up my donations. <laughs> we don't get real with God. And I wonder how often we come to church with dirty hands. I wonder how often we walk into this sanctuary with dirty hands. And walk right back out the door with our same dirty hands. Maybe we should have a basin up here every week. James is kind of hard. He's kind of hard on him. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's an interesting position to be in this spot. Because I know a lot about a lot of your lives. And you can come all dressed up, look pretty, like life is all in order and got it all figured out. But here's the reality. It doesn't matter what I think or what anybody else thinks. It matters what God thinks. I think about that a lot when no one will come to the altar and lay their burdens at the altar. We should have sang, lay your burdens down. I was thinking about that this morning. Um, when we have burdens that we need to lay before God, that we have no answer for, when our hands are dirty and we need to clean them and start over, and yet we're embarrassed because we might have to walk in an aisle that leads to the altar. We're embarrassed of what? That we have issues 
Good luck. I got issues too. You have issues. I have issues. It's not the, it's not the important part. It's the part of come near to God and he will come near to you. Do you want to be close to God or do you want to be, uh, look like you got life in order? Because here's the facts. Every one of us could come to the altar. We all got issues. Even the balcony. Yeah, maybe a little less up there. They're a little closer to God. That's why you guys sit up there. I didn't, I, if you want to be a little closer to God, I didn't think of that. Here's the reality. God is always going to be waiting for you. He says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I'm not going to walk away. You can't do something bad enough to make me not love you. That's unconditional love. We understand it in our kids. I think we understand it more in our grandkids. It's unconditional love. It says that there's nothing wrong, nothing bad enough that I won't love you. He says, come near to me, and I will come near to you. Draw close to him. And he will draw close to you. And I have a promise for you. Jeremiah 29, 13. Me and Al Shaw's favorite verse. That's one of mine, but it's, it's one of ours too. Here's the paraphrase. This is Dan's paraphrase, but you can read it and you'll find it. It says, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. Go backwards to t- Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm not telling you what it is. You can... That's, this is your homework. Look up 20, Jeremiah 29. And then maybe spend some time in Jeremiah and understand what his life was about. And it'll make a whole lot more sense. James then goes on and says, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Does anybody sign up for that? That's a new ministry we're going to have. We'll have it once a month. And everybody's going to come and we're going to grieve and mourn and wail. How many people do you think I'd have signed up for that? Yeah, me and a man. Lunch will be served afterwards. <laughs> I just doubled the amount of people who are going to show up. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right? Not a ministry we want to do. Not a ministry we want to be involved in. But maybe a ministry that we need. And they used to throw the ashes on their head and, uh, and shave, buzz cut, right? When they were grieving some of what they did. I wonder how often, and I said it at the beginning and I'm going to say it again, but I wonder how often we don't grieve the loss of the things in this life, our hopes and dreams. I had plans for this. And now I'm sick. 
I had plans for my kids, and they're going a different direction. I thought it was going to look like this, and it doesn't. I wonder how often, well, I know how often in my position I see people struggling because they aren't able or willing to grieve. They think that the only thing we grieve over is death. There's a lot of things. Broken relationships. All too often, we go from one relationship to another relationship without ever dealing with that prior relationship. And we wonder why there are struggles. Or we walk from one job to another job. We do something different. We just... Don't ever stop long enough to think about the things that have been lost. You know why there's death, right? Do you know why there's death in the world we live in today? Sin. Sin. You remember Genesis uh, 3? We cause death. Understand that. We will all die because we have sinned. We have caused death. And if you don't remember the story, go to Genesis chapter 3. It says that God drove out man and he placed on the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim, angels, and a flaming sword which turned every which way. And what did that sword and those cherubim protect? Brian Renner. Amen. Live forever, yes. Brian, you can preach next week if you want. That was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that's an out, Brian. Don't be giving me that out. <laughs> if you didn't hear what Brian said, they were protecting the tree of life. And had they eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived forever in their sin. So God made a way through Jesus for them not to live forever in that sin. But don't miss the point. We created, death was created because we sinned. Finally, he says, let God do the lifting. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Who's doing the lifting in your life? Who's carrying the burden? We laugh at pictures like this because we realize she's not that tough. Right? That's a big rock. And neither would a guy be. There's no one going to be carrying that rock around. But you know what? We laugh it off. But there's a good chunk of people in the world, including in Greenfield Baptist Church this morning, who are carrying the burdens of life just like that. Briar Sonny told me this great story. Briar, I'm going to tell him the story that you told me. Is that okay? Okay. It's a good story. It's not about you. It's all right. 
Briar, Briar Sonny was telling me, told me this story. He was at the end of Saltzman Road, where Buffalo Road, and he was there at a red light. And he said there was a real thin girl, and she had a big backpack on her back, and she was, she was jogging. And he said she stopped and like made this jerk thing, and then she legitimately fell over on her face. Boom. So Briar jumps out, because he's a good Samaritan. He jumps out and helps her up, and in her backpack was full of bricks. Wasn't it bricks? Isn't that what you told me? It was full of bricks. She was working, you know, she was carrying all this extra weight to, to work out better. And he said, she wasn't very big, but the bricks literally knocked her over when she stopped. She fell over. She like crashed. I thought that was a great story because it's a great illustration of what we do on a daily basis when we wonder why life is so heavy and hard. And we're carrying around these bricks, a backpack full. Our, uh, our boot camp boys, they do that as well. Uh, they carry around uh, backpacks and they put bricks in them to remind them of the burdens of this life. And that's why Jesus came, to take away those burdens to take the bricks out of your backpack. But if you won't let him in your backpack, he's a gentleman and he's not going to walk into it. He's not going to get in your backpack. Does anybody know this song? It's an old hymn. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. What a great Reminder that our burdens are lifted at the cross. They're not lifted by our own power. They're not lifted by our own will or desire. They're lifted by Christ himself. That's why we serve him. So I got a quiz for you. Anybody know the song that was played at the countdown? Or the tag? What was the tagline? The, the chorus? Come as you are. Come as you are. Good job, Veronica. Merry Christmas. It's 20 year old. It's vintage. Let me tell you about the, the words right before come as you are. He says, lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, and come as you are. That's what Jesus calls us to. Lay down our hurts, lay down our hearts, and come to him as we are. With all the dirt and the nasty and the garbage, and the struggles, and the anxiety, and the frustrations. Come as we are. Let's pray. Lord, this scripture this morning slaps in the face of living life light and free and in a lot of ways, it's pretty heavy. 
but it reminds me that you cared so deeply to send your son. And if I'm not careful, I blow that off and live in cheap grace. Forgive us, Lord, when we live in cheap grace. Lord, I pray this morning for those who are struggling amongst us. We prayed at the beginning about those who had had a rough week. And Lord, I don't claim to know those, but you do. And they do. And you call us to lay our burdens in front of you. To weep and grieve and wail. To cry out to you because Jesus went to that cross and died for me. And so Lord, I ask this morning that you would encourage Nudge those who need to lay their burdens at your feet. To lay them at the altar. Lord, for those who don't have a relationship with you, who really don't understand what that means, or haven't experienced that, I ask, that they would take a chance on the life-changing blood that you offer. And Lord, in your mercy, in your mercy, you will meet us right where we are. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray.